It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for Lax Class 209. Uh, pay attention, classmates. Lacrosse Classified is now in session, and we got a good program lined up for you once again here on a Tuesday. It's Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminara with you. Tino is caught up in his day job, couldn't make the cut. Uh, he might join us later. We don't really know. But he's not with us here off the top. For EP209, Evan, let's get you in. What's going on, man? How are things? Oh, hurting, hurting, hurting this week. I finally caught the COVID. So. Oh, man. You avoided it for that long, and you finally got it? Yeah, I was perhaps one of the safest people there were out there. I don't know how I got it, but this one is a little nasty because we've had Kids on the soccer team catch it. We've had people at work catch it. It's not a five-day thing anymore. That's the problem. We, I'm on day eight and still hurting to get through it. Well, I think it's different for everybody. Um, you know, not only the strain, but the effects of it. And that's kind of the scary part about it is that you don't know if you're going to get walloped by it or whether it's going to be super mild or how long it's going to last or what kind of symptoms you're going to have and and all that sort of stuff so hopefully things clear up for you sooner than later man i appreciate you manning up here to to join me on the pod and uh like i said we'll see if tino does a little bit later as well so you just i'm more interested in how you survive Mexico? Because I mean, I seen you in Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mexico had to be as bad, if not worse. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I survived Mexico. I'm back. I'm safe. I'm sound. And um, it was a beautiful spot, and, and it was great to have my you know family there and, and Danny there, and um, it was it was a fantastic spot. So uh, happy to be home. Little cold, not gonna lie to you, Evan. Uh, <laughs> you quite the quite the, the shocks. Cold. Yeah, <laughs> what's it? What's it doing? What's it doing back there? Last night in Saskatchewan with the wind chill, it was minus twenty nine. Oh, and there's another storm coming tonight. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little colder than it is here in BC. We're expecting a little snow. I actually, I you know, eight days away from playing disc golf. I had to get out there today, Evan. It was one of the windiest rounds I've ever played at Raptors Knoll, and and a little light flurries blowing through there. But again, that was uh, good medicine for me. Oh, it's to what kinda, makes it challenging. Yeah, right? get out there and and uh, get the fresh air going and all that sort of stuff. So. Enough about all of that. Uh, I know you love to talk weather, but we got to talk some lacrosse here on the podcast as EP209 featuring our NLL season previews. Just three teams left. I think actually, like we we forgot about Albany, Evan. We were talking. We're like, oh, Buffalo and Calgary, that's it. No, no we I, got I Albany left. We got yeah, Albany absolutely. left. So uh, we're going to have to figure out what we're doing for 210. Maybe we double up on a guest and, and uh, or we just, 
dedicate the show to the Albany Firewolves. Like they have I've had... got a few I got a few ideas who we can invite already. Okay. Well Albany has had enough changes there with the Firewalls where we could probably spend a good hour with, with Glenn Clark talking about all the things that have but, changed in Albany, but uh, uh, we'll cross that I certainly bridge. want to get one of the referees on because I'm very interested to see how they're going to enforce this apparent change with the chin straps. Which yeah. I, I, I agree with it 100%, but I'm just like, let's just see how well this is going to fly. Well, I don't think players are going to like it, but they're going to do it. And it's for their own good, Evan. Like, a, you know, it's a comfort yeah. factor. It's like old school hockey players that were reluctant to put a visor on. Like nobody even gives that a second thought anymore. So it may be an adjustment for a year and guys might be a little annoyed by it and whatever, but it's for their own good and they'll get used to it. And you won't even think about it after a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I recall way back when, when I was, you know, refereeing hockey and the Canadian hockey association made us enforce that. And, Oh God! Like there were teams screaming about it sometimes when they when they noticed it. But how dare you try and make me safer? Like, I, yeah. like what are you but arguing the, at the end of the day? But but the th- that's exactly what it is, and that is is that when you take the impact of anything to the helmet, if that chin strap is not done up, that helmet does not properly distribute the weight, and the helmet comes flying off, and that's where everything gets really dangerous, and that's why. Even from an insurance standpoint, they have to have those things on properly. Yeah, it makes you wonder why they haven't done this like years ago. But uh, so we'll see when maybe we'll get Ian Garrison or we'll get Todd LeBranche back on. <clears throat> Excuse me, we'll get a we'll get a crew chief to to maybe talk about not only that rule but maybe some of the new focus rules that you know every year the NLL kind of says, okay, we're gonna put a higher emphasis or a higher focus on headshots or checking from behind or slashing off ball or whatever the case may be. And I'm sure that's the case again. So maybe it isn't slashing off ball and emphasis rule every year. Yeah. For about two games. And then it <laughs> yeah, goes by the way. So, so uh, anyways, maybe we'll get, we'll get a referee back on here with Albany next week, but this week we got Buffalo and Calgary as GM of the Calgary Roughnecks, Mike Board will join us in quarter number two. In quarter number three, one of our favorites, NLL Hall of Famer, GM of the Buffalo Bandits, along with being the defensive coordinator as well. Don't forget that, Evan. Mm-hmm. As Chugger, Steve Dietrich, will join us. In and a dedicated fan, that's for sure. Quarter number three, yeah. Dedicated listener for sure on this Eastern, Western bias podcast that he likes to <laughs> say all the time. So, well, Calgary and Buffalo coming up in quarter two and quarter three. Lax glass locks in quarter number four, of course. How did you, Denise, do last week? Maybe we should save that. for. Oh, they drew. Okay. That's that's not good. Uh, We'll talk about all that in quarter four. New parlay coming your way. But here in quarter number one, of course, it's the big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus is brought to you by Rycor Construction. I remembered it all on my own this week, Evan. Rycor Construction, they make it stand out. Family owned and operated, serving the lower mainland, residential, interior, and exterior renovations, kitchens, bathrooms, floorings, decks, or something as simple as a fence. Rycor Construction. 
will make it stand out. Triple W RyeCoreConstruction.ca or at Rycor Construction Inc. on Facebook and Instagram. And you can see for yourself. They're all every day they post up something new. They're on a different site. They're doing a different job, a different reno. And you can see the before and the after pictures, which clearly make you see how much they make it stand out. Like, it's amazing to me to see what it looks like before to what they make it look like when they're done. It's incredible. Rycor Construction, proud sponsors of the Big Focus, which this week, Evan, we had NLL features for the team there last week. This week, it's player props. I know you've you've sprinkled around here, what, upwards of 10 different props so far, and Oh, yeah. I'm scrolling up and down the list here, Evan. There's got to be like 50, 60 different player props here. So maybe give us a, a couple of your goals. Yeah, give us a couple <laughs> of your 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 specials. Well, it's not just player props. There's also props for teams now, whether or not they'll make the playoffs mm. in there as well. So here's a few that I got. Jeff T over under 40.5 goals. And I've got him going over that. That. I think it's still even too low of a line. It was one of the biggest ones there was, but I'm going that direction. One of them that I just, it, this is a value bet, completely a value bet, but the Halifax Thunderbirds to make the playoffs to miss is a plus 315. The way I look at it, that East is just so deep that two good teams are going to miss the playoffs. So, the reason I, I put money down on this one is just simply at plus 315, it's good value. Uh, Albany to make the playoffs, it's a minus 208. I don't think they have much of any chance. It would be a shocker to me if that happened. But one of the guests today, Calgary Roughnecks, to make the playoffs is a plus 180. That doesn't make any sense to me. So that one was a quick decision. Now, the one that I put money on, not knowing what the seriousness of the situation was, probably going to flip on me now, was Chris Corbeil, mm. over two and a half goals. But you know what? Even if he's back halfway through the half. season, I think he can still do it at two and a half. I think he can still do it at two and a half, right? Jeremy Thompson is at four and a half. Our favorite that we had from last year, Kyle Rubish, over under two and a half goals. I, I still remember this, I, that he had one goal going into the last game of the season. We're all like, yep, just wait for this bet to pay off. And he scores in the opening quarter of the final game against Panther City. And you can sit there on the bench. You can watch them all talk. It's like one more, right? It's just like, oh, <laughs> God, no, right? Like this thing's going to happen. But he's at two and a half again this year. So I don't think he's going to quite get there. Here's one that I... <laughs> Uh, here's one that two and a uh, half and he's not gonna quite get there like that is right that's rough that is right reese dutch over 25 over under 25 and a half goals now first off dutch he's got such a a tough travel schedule you know that's got to be tough on the body and he's coming off uh and on a team where there's a lot of goal scorers that's why I bet the under on this one simply because there's a lot of goal scorers. I, I don't know if he quite gets there. That's where I, my take on it. It's kind of the theme that I had on a couple of the other ones, which was Tahoke and Anacoke over under 32 and a half. And once again, it's just a case of 
so many goal scorers. There's only one ball. You can only score so often. And Westberg uh, over under 33 and a half. Once again, just so many goal scorers on that team. To expect him to average two a game with that many goal scorers, I just I have a hard time seeing it. That's why I bet the under on it. Yeah, uh, man, it's crazy to me how close the bookmakers get these things. Like, I I just don't understand how they come up with the numbers. I know there's some computer stuff involved in there and a lot of math, but it's it's so impressive to me how closely they come to, to nailing these things. I don't know. I'm just scrolling this quickly here. First one that jumped off the page to me is Adam Charlambidi's 13 and a half goals. I think he's going to blow the doors off that. I think Charlotte Beatties is looking at at least 20 this year. So there's an easy over for me. Uh, Hayden Dixon, who is going to have a real prominent role on the Calgary Roughnecks right side this year with no Curtis Dixon at 22 and a half. This kid's coming off a sensational summer season with the Salmon Bellies, and I think he goes over 22 and a half. Jesse King, who is going to be the prominent lefty. And you got to think, like, when you're you're making these bets, you got to think of the scenarios. Like, yeah, regular shift of offense, but, like, also quarterback on the power play. And sometimes Jesse gets accused of not shooting too much, but 26 and a half goals for Jesse King. I think he can hit 30. And Connor Robinson, who put up a 40-burger last year for Colorado, at 65 and a half points for the season. Again, going to see significant power play time. I think that's an easy over as well. And I hate playing the under. Like, I want to see all these guys have the success too. So I don't ever like cheering for the under. So I kind of look for some some overs that I thought. And those those were a few that just jumped yeah. off. But have a look at, at all the player props and the – the future's there for all the teams too. That's a it's kind of a fun time of year to lay down these these bets that aren't gonna come to fruition for, for months to come and you kind of forget and then all of a sudden you go back and you're like, Oh yeah, like let me see where where this guy's at at the midway mark of the season. Is he on pace? Am I gonna get this? Is this gonna be tough to do? So props are live and uh alive and well on cool bet right now. The only thing you have to keep in mind with the overs is if the guy gets injured, you're you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, but right? I'm not so, hoping for anybody to get injured no, either. So you don't. So, yeah. So check out CoolBet. We'll talk uh, a lot more about CoolBet coming up in quarter number four as well. But we got to get to quarter number two because we got Mike Board of the Calgary Roughnecks. General Manager of the Riggers, Mike Bohr joins us in quarter two here on Lax Class next. Hey, this is Mitch Jones of the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to the Cross Class 5, throwing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class. Into the second quarter we go, which is brought to you by Stampede Tack and Westernware as we continue our NLL season previews. If you saw on the old socials there, Evan, lots of stuff going on around Stampede Tack right now. They had all sorts of Halloween stuff for the kids and the family to stop by. Scary stuff going on there at Stampede Tack, but good deals as well, including all the new styles of Blendstone boots, men's, women's, kids, 
They got them all, plus others. CSA worked approved boots, cowboy boots, of course. But Blendstones, check them out. Brand new collection in there. Australian Redback. They got them all. Stampede Tech and Western Wear. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. As uh, you can always use a good pair of Blendstones in Calgary. As we welcome general manager of the Calgary Roughnecks back to the podcast. Welcome back to Lax Class, Mike. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Hope you're all well uh, as this season approaches. Yeah, he's gotten hit with a little weather there back in Calgary, <laughs> as uh, Evan has as well, which just means it's getting close to NLL season uh, when you know the weather starts to turn. So you're kind of like, we're, we went in reverse order this year. Usually you're right at the top of the list, and training camp hadn't really started by the time we kind of did this last year. But now uh, a week Two weeks under the belt here for the Roughnecks. So maybe we'll start there, Mike. A uh, couple weeks under the belts here for yeah. the Roughnecks. How you feeling? Uh, pretty good. We really uh, actually just got it all started up on this last weekend here okay. in Calgary. So uh, we have a bye at the start of the season. So we started a little bit later because uh, we're not in that first week. So uh, got our first week under the belt, medicals on the Friday, and then, you know, the sessions on the Saturday and Sunday. And Got everybody out before the snowstorm last night. Well, so and I, and I gotta say, <laughs> you uh, you had some work to get done before the beginning of the training camp too. A number of guys were still unsigned, but by the looks of it, you've you've got everybody under contract right now, including Curtis Manning uh, back for another season. But kind of under the gun there a little bit, Mike, to to get some guys locked up before training camp started. Yeah, we had, uh, it got a little under the gun, I guess, a little bit uh, last minute, but we had been negotiating with guys and, you know, a, a number of players throughout and uh, just some of their schedules, some of what was going on with uh, their lives and things. We we uh, ended up getting most of it done sort of Tuesday, Wednesday of uh, last week and filed with the league and and uh, had everything under the wire for everybody to to make it to camp. One of the things that set us back a few weeks ago, we looked at the, uh, the odds that the sports makers had put on the Calgary Roughnecks win the, the championship at, at a plus 2,000, which was, I think, tied for 11th amongst the league. You know, the Saskatchewan Rush, who didn't make the playoffs last year, at a plus 900. When you guys see odds like this, does it provide any motivation to prove people wrong? Um, I think so. I mean, under it's funny because I don't pay attention to the betting because we're not allowed to bat, obviously, with the... Uh, with our league rules. So uh, you take a look at the odds and things and you, you kind of, I mean, Hey, they set the odds. That's okay. I mean, we probably want to go out and, uh, and prove them wrong. And uh, I guess in the end, make people some money <laughs> if we can. <laughs> uh, just a little um, extra motivation, right? Yeah. I, I think I, I'm not sure guys really pay attention that much. I know I don't, um, you know, the um, it's, it's not something that, you, you stick on the wall and say, here's the odds or, or those kind of stuff, you know, sort of dressing room wallpaper kind of stuff. But um, you know, our guys are, our guys are just sort of focused on themselves and what they can do. And, and I think they believe in, in themselves and, and uh, you know, the outside influences don't necessarily affect them that much. Well, I don't know where we begin here. Maybe we'll, we'll start from the back end out, Mike. And, and you got, the phenom back, of course, and Christian Del Bianco, and you know when you got 35 in between the pipes, you're going to have a chance to win on any given night, which is a very calming feeling, I believe, uh, would have to think anyways. You lose Landon Kells to 
Las Vegas Desert Dog. So maybe that job for the backup job. Uh, tell me, you know, how you kind of see that shaking out. I see Connor Nichols listed there. Who else do you got battling for maybe the two and the three job? Yeah, I, well, we've got just the three guys here right now. Uh, but we had uh, Bland uh, from last season who right. was on our practice roster. So we've kind of elevated him into that that uh you know hey this is your chance kind of a, a thing he had a pretty good uh junior season and you know went to the middle cup and got some experience so you know we know uh Kurt Miloski was joking as we were talking to the players before our first session and you know saying guys this is you know you go out you earn your spots you go out and work he goes and oh by the way the goalie position is wide open you got a, quite the quite the laugh <laughs> Um, I was going to say, Kurt Malowski joking at training camp. What's going on? Yeah, It was at the very start. Okay. It was okay. at the very, very start. Um, so anyway, he uh, we've got those two guys like uh, Lando and, uh, and Nichols uh, battling out. And, uh, you know, we're going to Toronto next week and they'll get some scrimmage time and, and we'll have to make some uh, decisions at that point. But uh, they both look pretty good in the in the early going for, for backing up Delves. I think Jumbo's got to take a look at Kurt's uh, little media conference he did during uh, during training camp, the nice little backhanded shot. And they asked, uh, what would you tell these youngsters coming into camp? And he said, the guy that underhanded into the stands, I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> last year, when we handed out our lacrosse flash year-end awards, I guess maybe as analysts, we look at things differently. We had Zach Courier as the league MVP. Fortunately, the NL didn't feel the same way. Do you think there is any player in this league that is more valuable to their team than Zach Courier? Boy, that's a that's a really good question. Ah! Coming, coming from <laughs> coming from us, absolutely. We we I think we saw him as our MVP. So he would certainly be our nominee for for MVP of the league, but um you know you look around and there's a lot of good players out there i i think you know zach is a premier player in this league probably you know one out he's obviously one of the best um i think what makes him more valuable in our eyes is he does everything he's asked so if you want to put him on the ball team to you know be the bullet or you want him to you know go get the loose ball or whatever he 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 just does it like he just seems to be able to naturally you know, make things happen. Um, he could know. go play a shift of O if you asked him to do it too. Like, you know what? I was, uh, we were thinking about, we were talking about this on the weekend actually, and uh, not the MVP thing, but like, you know, how valuable Zach is and what he can do. And, and we all kind of said, yeah, we think he did take a couple of shifts on offense when we were down, when we were down a lefty at some point. So he could probably jump in just about anywhere. He's just, he's just a natural talent. And, uh, and he, you know, he's a great team guy. And like, he, He'd take a championship over an MVP award, I'm sure, sort of thing. But uh, um, you know, we're we're extremely happy to have him and and uh, and get him. He was one of those late guys that we got signed, which was which was great. And we look for for real good things from him again this year. We can go up and down this roster, and we're probably going to do it here with you, Bordy. And and <laughs> you know, listen, out is is Curtis Dixon. I don't know how hard the effort was to to try and get Superman back in the fold, but. With one Dixon departing, the other Dixon has been there for a bit now, but I'm sure you had an eye on Hayden Dixon throughout the summer and what he was doing in the WLA with the Salmon Bellies, Mike. I think this kid's prime for a big one, and I know the fans may miss Curtis Dixon a little bit, but I think Hayden Dixon is going to take that miss away a little bit. You know what I'm saying there? Yeah, I think so. I think the I, I think our whole 
you know, that dynamic on our whole right side, our, our whole radios changes. Yeah, Brad um, Hickey coming in as well. Yeah, we got, you know, we have Brad Hickey, we have Kyle Waters, we have Hayden Dixon, like like Waters is going into his second year. Uh, Hayden's into his, you know, into his third and he'll see more time and see more ball. And and Tyler Pace is uh, is a guy that we think is, you know, ready to blossom as well. So yeah. we're we're hoping to buy committee on that side, so to speak. Um, you know, make up for that, uh, for the loss of, uh, Curtis Dixon. So, and I think Hayden is, uh, you know, we drafted him when he was fairly young. I think he was probably 18. He came in early. Yeah. Um, so he's, 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 he's got a man body now though. He's got his man oh, yeah. body now too, right? Like he, he looked real good in camp. He's like, he's bulked up. He's got some legs in that big butt on him and, uh, and he's quick to the net and he's got some He's got some great hands, so we're we're looking for big things from him, and I think he wants to have some big things. Well, and and I'm thinking, you know, with the the signing of Brett Hickey and the emergence of Hayden Dixon, and and you mentioned Tyler Pace, who I think is going to be a number one now in in this league, um, that affords you to to make a move with Marshall King and acquire the services of Jeff Cornwall, and a guy that you've battled against year after year after year with him wearing a Rush jersey, you got to be pretty excited to get that horse into your lineup on the back end and, and start taking it to the other team a little bit. Oh yeah. Well, I, I, we play Saskatchewan a lot, obviously. And I, I don't think a game went by where I wasn't saying, man, I hate that Cornwall guy. <laughs> like just because he would be that good. Um, you know, he's, he's good in transition. I mean, he could, he's another versatile defender. Like he can, he can play a lot of spots top of your, you know, he can be on your PK, he can be on your ball team, he can, you know, he can push the ball up the floor and, um, and you know, really got to know him a little bit more, a little better, I guess, uh, this weekend at, uh, last weekend at camp. And uh, he's a, he's a, he's a character. He's a great guy and a team guy. And yeah, we are, we are glad to have him uh, on the right side of the ball now, I would say, I guess. Of course, this summer we saw the emergence of the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League at the Minto Cup, and all this Alberta homegrown talent finally getting to showcase itself in a meaningful way. Now that everybody's taken sight of what's available in Alberta, has that made your job much more difficult? Uh, I'd, I'd say a little bit, although, you know, it, there were always guys that, you know, were peeking in and around Alberta, but uh, I think, you know, and kudos to uh, John Lentz and his group up there, they did a real nice job with that team. And, and, uh, you know, I watched them a fair bit throughout the season. And, um, you know, we could talk about the, uh, Goche kid and, you know, at the start of the season, he was, you know, he was noticeable. He just got better and better as the, the season went on. And by the time the playoffs hit was, he was by far the best player on any Alberta floor, I would think at that point. Um, so, you know, I think it will make things a little more difficult and, uh, you know, it's making them a little more, uh, a little more well-known, but, uh, you know, we, uh, I guess we'll just have to start taking some of those Alberta guys a little bit earlier than later. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I honestly, I think a lot of teams are going to start doing that now, Mike. So I, I, I guess with, let's stay on the young guys here a little bit and, and some sure. of the new faces that are potentially trying to come into your, your lineup. And I, and I'm looking here, I see Caden Dowdy who, had an outstanding junior season with, with the Langley Thunder and then went on to play with the big club at the Man Cup. And, man, like, you know, for a junior call-up to to play senior A is one thing. For a junior call-up to start playing senior A then go play in the Man Cup is another. And then to 
be one of the better defenders on that back end as a junior call-up just impressed the heck out of me. So I, I really want to keep an eye out for Caden Dowdy, but you got Karen McKay, you got uh, Dylan McIntosh coming in. Um, some of these young guys that, that you went out and got, Mike, to tell me who you're looking forward to, to, to see who pans out for you. Well, I think, uh, you know, Kieran McKay was, <clears throat> was a guy, um, we kind of spotted him back in the ALL, like he had been with new West and was a, uh, offensive player um, and never did get drafted, but, uh, they moved him, uh, back in a, off the back gate and, and, uh, I, we took a look at him and we just felt that he has all of the skills to be a, a, a really good defender in this league. He's, he's fast, he's athletic, he's, you know, he's got a good reach. He's, you know, he's got the right size uh, and the right attitude. So we're, we're really looking forward to seeing what, what he can do. Um, Dylan McIntosh, a uh, guy who hadn't played a lot of box for uh, probably a couple of years. He had yeah. a knee injury. Um, we drafted him a couple of years ago, went back to school. Um, so he played uh, with the Berards. Right? Yeah. Played with the Berards. Yep. And uh, you know, he had a, he had a, he got better as the, as the season went on. So, you know, he's, he's getting his feet wet and, uh, but he's another good athletic guy. And, and Caden Dowdy, I mean, you kind of, you look and you go, ah, oh, he's kind of undersized or whatever, but he, he's really got what I noticed this <laughs> weekend was he's got a great, yeah. great, like IQ and a will, you yeah. know, like yeah. he's, he's not going to get pushed around and he's smart with the ball. Uh, so, you know, we we're, we're going to have some tough decisions on that back end uh, when it comes down to it. One of the other guys you lost this off season was Tyler Burton. Mm. Now, and of course, him and Zach Curry are having this fantastic partnership, you know, with winning the dot. How does his departure change things? Um, it does change things, and uh, we're you know we we a couple of years ago or two years ago, I think, drafted uh, a drug kind of guy, a uh, uh, kind of smaller guy, but uh, kind of a Jeff Snyder type of a, a player, I suppose, in Anacio, Justin Anacio. Right? Yep. But uh, he's got a bit of an injury right now, so he's not participating in camp. So that's going to throw a bit of a wrench into into our plans at this at this stage. With Burton with Burton gone, we had sort of planned to kind of platoon those guys and and let the young guy get you know used to NLL draws and and uh, and defenses and and those kind of things. But uh, we'll uh, we'll see how he progresses. But uh, he he probably will not be starting the season with us. So we'll we'll have to make some adjustments on our ball team. Crazy part is. As good as Zach Courier is at picking loose balls up, Mike, like he's, I don't think people realize how good he is at facing the ball off. He, he is actually pretty good at, he would be an option. Uh, it's, is what's the better option for yeah, us, right? Yeah. Do we have him on the dot or do we have him chasing around like the buzzsaw that he is grabbing that loose ball off the draw? Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, win win situation, really. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be okay. Yeah. Um, offensively, you know, Jesse King, the natural is going to be your, your number one on the left side. I think a guy like Zach Hairwires, who, you know, took a while to, to figure it out, Mike, like, I don't know if he took his fitness as seriously as he needed to. He was a gifted player, but just kind of got it done off his skill, but then, you know, got to the next level and realized, okay, like I need to work even harder. And I think, you know, a pretty serious talking to from the coach saying, like it's now or never for you, Zach, and and he really figured it out last year, and and I think he's on the right path. You got the the consummate pro and Dan Taylor there as well, so maybe looking at at the four and the five spot on on those lefties. Uh, who are you liking over there? 
Yeah, we've, uh, I mean, just to go back on, on Zach Awarson, I think there was, you know, I got to give our coach credit. He had, he had the faith and the belief in, in, in uh, Zach and he did have some good talks with him. And at the end of the season last year, you know, Zach kind of had figured everything out and said, you know, said to both of us, he says, you know what, guys, I'm really enjoying this game again, where, you know, he's, he's, so that, that commitment is there and, and he's got, he's got the skill to be there. So, um, you know, we've got Tanner Cook. Yeah, I left Tanner, left Cookie out there, but my bad on that. Yeah. Big, big body who we, we hope can, you know, put, put the ball in the net a little bit more. And then uh, we drafted Seth Ben Sheppen, um at that spot too. So, you know, of course, you know, Jesse is, is the guy, but, you know, he needs a, he needs a supporting cast as well. So that guys aren't double and triple teaming him and things like that. So, you know, we're, we're hoping to again, do that by committee and, and, uh, and, you know, Kinger had his best season in the NLL and had a terrific summer season again. So he's healthy and ready to go. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, what's really, I mean, I don't think people realize the amount of stuff that Jesse King has had to battle through throughout his huh. entire NLL career and uh, and like you said, like a full healthy NLL season, a full WLA season where he just blew the doors off the rest of the competition. I Kinger's feeling it now, and, and I think only more to come. Like I, I don't even think he's reached his potential yet. Yeah, we we certainly hope he's got more in the tank, and you know he's he's just he's a consummate pro. I mean, you guys know him. He's he's. He works at it. He's a, uh, you know, he's stays fit. He's been through that injury bug and all the things that he had to go through and he's determined to, to stay healthy. And, and I, it's, that's a, it's a big part. And, you know, it, that rubs off on the rest of the guys in the room as well. You know, they see what, you know, this is our leading scorer and this is what he just, what he's doing. He's not taking any time off. And so it's a, it's, it's really, you know, it's great having him on the floor, great having him in the room and, um, you know, you can always rely on, you know, I, I talked to him a lot about, you know, where, where do you think we should go on this? And, you know, he's, he's, he's a big, big part of the team on and off the floor. Of course, when you look at your schedule, I think it's pretty obvious which game the fans are looking forward to the most December 30th, <laughs> uh, the return of Curtis Dixon. And to be frankly honest, probably three or four other guys that used to wear <laughs> roughneck jerseys, the yeah. old, uh, the old San Diego roughnecks down there. Yeah. Uh, that didn't go so well when Dobie returned for yeah. us last year, by the yeah. way, if you recall. Um, so we'll be we'll be a little bit better prepared, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, you know what can fans expect, or you know, are we going to see some honorings or what? Yeah, what's I think so. I think uh, just burn uh, you know, a jersey of... right at center floor there, just light it <laughs> seventeen right on fire. How about that? Yeah, we did a little tribute for Dobie, so I'm pretty sure we'll do something for Dix too. I mean, those guys. You know, the, the thing with guys leaving into free agency and, and, you know, those kind of things, they've, they've earned that right. Those guys have been in the league, yeah. you know, 10, 12 years. And, you know, Dix, I think was 11 with us. So, um, you know, that's just the reality of the business. And, you know, we tried to uh, our best to keep these guys, but. Um, As did 14 they, other teams, Mike, like, I like, I don't yeah. think, other, you know, people really understand that, that like Crowley and Dixon, 15 teams were in on those two guys and only one is going to win out. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised. I mean, we were, we, 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 we were one of those 15 teams talking to Crowley too. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, uh, that they end up there. That's, 
you know, that's a pretty good offense. We're going to have to be real, real good on the back end anytime we play San Diego. And that's, uh, you know, that's how we'll, uh, the coaches will prepare for it. But, well, I'm, um, I'm looking at the back end, Bordy, and I, I'm not seeing too many holes back here with, with Callies and Salama and Ticers. Like, the transition looks like it's going to be on point once again in Calgary. A lot of speed back there. Matsuoka, another guy that can fly, like, I think pretty set up pretty nicely on the back end. I don't know how many spots are up for grabs back there. Yeah, there's not as many as, as you think. I don't, you know, we're kind of looking at it going, well, we're going to, like, I mentioned earlier, we're 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 gonna have to have some conversations with some really good players that you know um that we may have to you know put on a practice roster or or release yeah. at some point, right? So But a nice um, mix, I would say, Mike, of you know, your stay at home guys like Wade and, and Manning and then the transition guys that, that can get the ball up the floor. Like you really seem yeah. to have a nice mix there. Yeah, then I think we that that was a shift we Kind of started to make, a, I don't know, I'm going to say four Samson, or five years ago when, know. when uh, you know, we couldn't get by Saskatchewan for, you know, we, we'd run into them in the playoffs and we just couldn't get by them. And we, you know, started bulking up on the defense. And I mean, one year we, we drafted uh, Simpson, Callies, Salama in the same draft. And that kind of started that trend to get to the bigger athletic um guys and you know salama can move the ball up the floor but he's a real good stay-at-home guy too yeah. so um making that mixture was important for us and and uh it started to starting to pay off these guys these guys look these guys look pretty good last one here for you general manager of the calgary roughnecks um you mentioned off to toronto next weekend maybe just lay out the the rest of training camp for the fans what they can expect where you guys are going to be and 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 all that sort of stuff yeah, we we go to Toronto next week. Uh, play uh, in the old barn that I played a lot of games in. We're at Memorial to have a, a practice and a scrimmage against Rochester on Saturday, uh, Sunday morning around eleven o'clock. We head over to uh, the track and we'll play Albany over there. And then the guys will fly home. We'll take the next week is off, and then we have uh, a preseason game in the dome. Uh, with uh saskatchewan so our our sort of free party for the season kind of thing so goalie fights too right that's when yeah yeah, yeah well, we had one of those we had goalie fights yes yeah and both of us got to start the season without our goalies that's right yeah, that's right <laughs> so but yeah we're looking forward to that and uh and then our home opener uh against vancouver on uh december 10th so we're it's coming fast it feels like it's it's moving pretty quick and we're excited and you know our fans are excited tickets are going well for that preseason game so Good. um we're we're very much looking forward to get it started feels like it was a long off season for some reason but uh we're right back in it now well uh mike as always we appreciate your time here on lacrosse classified we got steve uh dietrich coming up chuggers coming up next here in quarter three he's actually just hopping on the call here right now so i don't know if you want to hang out and, and maybe chirp chugger and then just, <laughs> yeah, and then just bail should. bail off the call right as you do <laughs> yeah i should uh steve you there there he is. We got Bordy here hey. just ending up quarter two. Oh, I don't know my God. The guy won't return my phone calls. I got to get on uh, Lacrosse Classified to get a look at the guy. Listen, I'm glad, I'm glad I get put on with Calgary because I'm better looking than Mouse. And obviously now by looking at the way Bordy looks, I'm better looking than him. I'm glad you didn't put me with Clarky this year like you did last uh, year. I lose that. <laughs> the Peloton right. is treating you well. All right, Mike. Thanks for doing All right. this. Take care, guys. See you, Bordy. Take care.
There he is, general manager of the Calgary Roughnecks, Mike Board. And as you can see or hear, Steve Dietrich is coming up next. Buffalo Bandits, halftime is first, quarter three is next. Keep it right here, EP209 is back after this. Hey, this is Pat Coyle, head coach of the Colorado Mammoth. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Welcome back to Lax Class. Into the second half we go. Quarter three action is now underway. Blow the whistle on Spice and Lacrosse. Uh, Steve Dietrich is on the podcast, back on the pod, on our Western Bias podcast here. Buffalo Bandits, GM, defensive coach. Chugger, welcome back to Lax Class. How are you? Fellas, always a pleasure. I'm glad I could add some Eastern flavor to your Western podcast. Yes. But before we get too far, Jumbo, I've got a question. So explain to me, Evan was on, then Evan gets gassed for Dawick, then yeah. Dawick comes on, now Dawick got gassed again for Evan. Like, you can't figure out <laughs> well, who yeah, you I mean, want. You didn't on. even get to experience Tino. Tino's usually kicking around as well, but he's off this week. But, uh, you know, I just, I got to keep it fresh. Like, I imagine people get sick of me. So if I figure if I just keep rotating my co-host, then that'll kind of take the, the focus away from me a little bit. You should try and put Evan and Jamie in. Yeah. Then <laughs> just take a, take a, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? What's going on, man? You're looking good. You still riding the bike around? You're thinning out, man. You're shrinking away. Yeah, I'm going the other way, Jumbo. I, I was thin like you for a little while. Now I'm going back. But no, yeah, still riding the bike, still trying to exercise. I feel gotta, crappy though every morning, but I feel all fifty-two, all fifty-two years old every morning. It's sad. It's sad. It I gotta get your regiment down. I gotta figure out what kind of rides you're doing and stuff. I've been neglecting my bike in my living room, but now that the weather is turning, like I've been outside a lot and stuff now. But now the rain and the cold is coming. I feel like it's bike season again. So I gotta, yeah, we gotta talk off air, and you gotta let me let me know what you're doing on that thing. Sounds good. I can. You got to give me some of your eating tips because that's where I, oh, that's where I have. God. I have no problem doing the cardio. It's I. I also fill my mouth with cookies and cake. And wow. Stuff like that. Yeah. I just spent a week in Mexico with an all you can eat, all inclusive. So you're talking to the wrong guy right now <laughs> in, in that regard. But uh, let's let's talk some Buffalo Bandits. Uh, before we do that, I got to mention Stampede Tack and Western Wear one more time here. Steve, you got a pair of Blundstone boots yet? I don't even know what Blundstones are. Ah, well, then this is the perfect opportunity for you to go on to stampede.ca and check out the wide selection of Blundstone boots that Stampede Tack has. Best boots you'll ever... Buffalo, you need a good pair of boots there in Buffalo. You can wear these things with the suit, Jugger, and, and you're going to look good doing it. Well, should I start with a, the missile and say, well, if, if we can ever win a championship in Buffalo, maybe I'll get some bonus money that I can afford to buy these Apparently, <laughs> Apparently that scar or that wound has, has not quite healed up yet. Is that what you're telling me? Jumbo, I still have nightmares of 2006. So how do you think 16, 19, and 22 are doing for me right now? Well, Probably not real well. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. You know, I mean, con- con- I, don't know. I have a hard time saying congratulations on a fantastic season, Steve. But honestly... I mean, it was a heck of a year for the Bandits, and, and you come up a game short here. But, Yada, you tell me, what's it going to take for the Bandits to get over the hump and, and hoist the cup? Uh, a million-dollar question, right? I got asked that a lot this past weekend when training camp uh, started. Honestly, Jumbo, maybe, maybe I'm going to be a bad GM by answering the question this way. I, I don't know. You know, like, we, we basically are going to keep pounding on the door, and hopefully, eventually, we'll make her through. I, I think – with some of the changes we made, I think we're going to try and be a little more physical. Um, and we may not be as pretty scoring goals as we have in the past. Um, maybe more physicality will help us. But 
all the credit in the world to to Pat and, and his staff because they did a tremendous job against us. You know, if, if somebody would have told me uh, after our regular season that, you know, you guys could have one game, you need to win one game and, and all you need to score is 11 or 12 goals. I had to take that bet. I had to bet every every penny I own. But, um, you know, Pat and his staff did a great job. So I don't know. I think we're going to be bigger and I know we're going to be stronger. And I know the guys are hungry and hopefully Bino's got a couple more years in them to backbone us and, and we'll give her another go here. Well, maybe that's part of the issue right now is that the East is so deep. There's a good six or seven teams that could compete for those four playoff spots. Is it going to be that difficult to get out of the East or is it more difficult to win the title? I mean, that's a good question. I oh, man, saying, Steve. Oh. Oh, no, I gotta say, don't I have to say great questions? Oh, good no. gets it done. Good gets it. That's the second one. Bordy gave him one too. I'm <laughs> so no, but to, to be honest with you, Evan, it's you, you don't know, right? You just hope you can get there and then you worry about it when you're there. But but you're right. And, and honestly, I think the parody in this league is is phenomenal. Um, you know, I thought we had a good year last year, but then you know, we have two games against Toronto in the Eastern Final that either could have gone either way. Um, and then we go get up against a hot Colorado team that, that was just clicking on all cylinders and then lose, you know, arguably their best player. And then they just come out and maybe are better in games two and three. So um, I, I don't know. We're going to we're going to keep banging here. And, and the other teams in the East seem to be getting better. And, and I guess I guess you could say teams are catching us or passing us or whatever. But we're going to keep driving because I know I know the guys uh, and I know their faces and I know what they look like and felt like after we lost to Colorado. So. Um, the drive is going to be there and the wants there and the wills there. And now it's just got to, it's going to be on me and JT and those guys to make sure the talent's there. Is Steve Priello the best player to never win a defensive player award? Yeah. And, and you know, he and I have this conversation all the time and, and, uh, I, I try and, um, affirm to him how important he is to us and how thought, how we think of him and how, how we put him in that class every year. So you, you try and tell somebody that, but you know, sometimes it falls on deaf ears because the guy is so good. Um, you know, I, I know last year they didn't, they didn't go with the, the time on floor aspect in the stats. And I know they're going back to it this year, but you know, he's upwards of four, honestly, he's upwards of 40 minutes a night because he <laughs> plays on our loose ball teams. He's on man down team. He'll play some offense. And I try and put him out there at least, at least three of every four, if not four of every five D shifts, the, the guy's a machine. He doesn't get tired. And, and yeah, you know, and this is, takes nothing away from the guys that have won those awards. They've all been phenomenal defenders that have won, but you know, poor Steve is, has never had his name called and, and he definitely deserves it. I'd be happy to play 40 <laughs> minutes in a season. In a season. <laughs> yeah. He's a machine jumbo. Like I, I, you know, Mark Steinhaus used to be like that, a yeah. guy that just never seemed to get tired. Um, and Steve's built from that cloth. Now I, I know Steve puts a lot of work into it. And, you know, we talked about, uh, earlier on about conditioning and working out and stuff. He's just a machine. He doesn't stop. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's unbelievable that I'll have a guy come off after just a normal shift and they're sucking wind. And yet Steve goes and it could be the fourth shift in a row. And I'm looking to put people back on the floor and he's turned around looking at me like, I want to go. So he, he's a machine and he never looks tired. So um, it's nice to know, first off, that you have Vino back there. But then when you also have an anchor like Steve that you can play over and over and over again, um, it, it makes you feel a lot better as a D coach for sure. You've got a lot of bodies that between Chaos and the Bandits, they've been to three straight finals. They've had Team Canada duties. These guys have a lot of miles and bruises on their bodies by now. Is there any concern about 
their help their ability to take the punishment for another NLL season? Honestly, Evan, no, I'm going to say that only because I'm sure Jumbo can attest to this as we grew up and we were playing the NLL or the MILL. We, we, you know, you'd play the MILL, then you'd go right to play summer lacrosse and then you'd maybe take September and October off and then you get right back at it. But um, these guys take that a step further in the fact that like Dane and Josh, I just talked about pre and the conditioning he and the condition he gives himself in. Dane and Josh are phenomenal that way. Um, they drag Tohoka and Klute and McKay with them. But not only are they on top of conditioning, they go to this cryo chamber. I don't even know what that is. I think you sit in like minus eight hundred degree <laughs> yes. thing. Yeah. They go they do that. They do chiro they go to a chiropractor, they do the leg, acupuncture, the leg they sleeping bags, they got it all of it. Yeah, like if if there's a new toy out there, Dean or Josh Josh have it. So they take so care of their bodies that I'm not worried about about them physically uh, breaking down. Evan, I'm I get more concerned sometimes about um mentally because you know they're the they're the best players on our team, they're the best players on the chaos. You know, for both teams to succeed, they have to be at their best. I just worry sometimes that mentally they may break down because they put so much pressure on themselves on top of the teams that put pressure on them. Here with Chugger, Steve Dietrich, GM of the Bandits. Uh, you go out and, and get Mr. Delicious, the Brocket ship, uh, coming to town, putting on a Bandits jersey. I'd like to see that. How about Greggy Harnett making an appearance back in the league here? Uh, tell me how that all panned out. You know what? And honestly, I, I don't want to be breaking some news, but Greg, Greggy's had some issues that oh, um, no. have creeped up that he hasn't been able to come to camp. Um, so he's hoping to maybe maybe be able to do this again in January, February. So we're looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, the thing with Greg, Greg's a winner, right? Orangeville kid. He's a winner. Yeah. He beat us in, in 19 in Calgary. I, I believe you you can touch on this more than I can, Jumbo, but I believe he's won stuff in Victoria. Sure. Um, sure. He's a winner, plays with grit. Um, he brought a lot of the intangibles to the table that I wanted to go get. Um, we're hoping that he can still come out and play, but, um, that's one thing I thought we lacked a little bit was some grit and some, some size isn't grit, isn't Greg's forte, but, but grit and the intangibles of, of, you know, never say never and stuff like that. I thought we lacked that a little bit on the left side. Uh, Bryce Sweeting brings that in spades, but, um, you know, Justin Martin is a phenomenal defender and McKay is a great transition guy, but. But they just don't don't bring the jam that Greggy Arnett brought, yeah. um, and that's yeah. that takes nothing away from them. They're no, I hear you. I hear what you're saying on that. that. Yeah, I hear but, what you're but saying. But Greggy just br- brings a different element, and we have that on the other side with Cree and Weiser and yeah. Frankie Brown and guys like that. We just didn't have it on the left side. That's why I was I was excited to get Greg, and and I thought that he fit in well, and I hope he still can, but um, because he fills a big need for us on that side. One of the groups debates we constantly have is to. How much faceoffs matter, and clearly, last year, you know, with the likes of Nardella, Baptiste, Withers, Ireland, all those guys uh, hanging around the East, you go get Max Adler. He's worked at it, Steve. Like he, he yeah, turned where, himself. Where are we looking defensively? Are we looking at him getting to a regular shift, or has he developed that far yet? Yeah, he's not there yet. That that's our hope. Um, and, and Evan, I I don't know which side of this fence you sat on or sit on but uh, I oh, used they to be, matter about fortune yeah yeah and you know what I was on the other side of the fence for a long time I thought okay so if we go 40 percent they go 60 percent you know I don't want to dumb myself with the, with math if there's 20 face-offs in a game that's four possessions six possessions not a big deal until we played Toronto and TD Ireland I think they went 26 and one or 25 and one on the face-off and I thought okay well 
full on here. That's two two teams that are pretty competitive against each other, and yeah. one team starts with the ball 24 more times than the other team does. I think that team's got a better chance of winning. So that's where that's where Max became important for us. And and although his numbers may not have stood out, um, a lot of the times Max lost the draw. It was because we didn't pick up the ball as a team. It wasn't because Max got beat. So to answer your question in a long winded way. No, he's not ready yet to play a regular shift of defense, but he will be an integral part of our team because, you know, there were games last year, especially the game when we beat Albany in overtime. I think he beat Nardella on the overtime draw that allowed us well, to get possession. Well, that's just it. Win. That's just it. You know, it's, you know, the, the grand scheme of it, the overall picture of it, but then there's face-offs during a game that are way more important than others. And, when you're up a goal or you're down a goal or you're in a tie game in the final 30 seconds and you need that ball, that's when they matter most. And just to, to stay on Adler here for a sec, Chugger, this looks like a guy that has really wanted to embrace the box game, learn the box game, get better at it. And he loves this league and he loves the Buffalo Bandits and he's going to do everything in his power to get better. Oh, no doubt. He does. He, he told me he loves indoor lacrosse. It was the first time, you know, first time he experienced it. And obviously I'm a little biased, but to be able to, to experience it as the first time and then to do it in Buffalo, which, yeah. you know, like I say, I'm biased. I think it's the, the best market to play in. So, um, you know, he, you're right. It's in him. He wants to do it. Uh, he does have a full-time job where he lives uh, around Connecticut. So it makes it hard for him to come to practice, which makes it hard for him to be able to play a regular shift. But, um, you know, he's going to get lots of time here in training camp so that, um, if he does get stuck on the floor, he'll know what he's doing. And, you know, the guys on the floor are able to help him, but Max is a big part of our team. Like, I think, I think he gave us an opportunity and yeah, we were pretty and we had, a, we had lots of goals and all that stuff, but Max in the tight games, Max gives us an opportunity to, like we talked about, win an overtime draw that allows us to win or, or makes, you know, a, a draw, a big draw late in a one goal game that you can either ride out the clock or it gives you a chance to go six on five. He's very, very important part of our team. Tell me about the decision to expose Connor Fields in the expansion draft. What what was the mindset? What was the rationale that it was him? I know it was probably a, a real tough decision for you, Steve, with all the pieces and, and players you have on that offense. Why was it Connor Fields? Gut-wrenching. Only because Connor was such an amazing kid, did a great job for us last year, um, did everything we asked him to do. Um, yeah, it was gut wrenching, but it, it came down to, I thought we had more depth on the left side. So, you know, Dane Dehoka and Chase on the right side. And then, you know, you have Kluch and Josh Connor, and then we still had Brad McCauley and, and Thomas Basin. So we thought we had more depth on, on the left side, um, to overcome that. And, and we knew whichever way we went, whichever right we exposed or whichever left we exposed, we, we knew we were going to lose the offense. Um, and, and it's tough to lose, uh, tough to lose a character guy like, like Connor, especially a Buffalo guy, which, which, you know, complicates things even more. But, um, yeah, we, we knew we were going to get stung jumbo, whether it was one of the three rights I named or whether, whether it was going to be Connor, we knew we were going to get stung. We just thought we had maybe had a little more depth. So um, you see either McCulley or, or Vison stepping into that, to that spot that's now vacated by Connor, you figure. Yeah, I, I don't think they can step into those shoes because I don't think either of them are going to score 40 goals. But we may be, when, when I, like when I talked a little bit earlier, but I think we may be a little more physical. I think Brad McCauley is going to come in and, and add some more physicality for us. We signed a guy named Brandon Robinson, a big body that I've been a big fan of for a long time that I think is going to add some physicality. And then Thomas has got some skill 
that Connor had that, um, you know, if he can find his way into the lineup, can add some of that, you know, asking him to replace Connor Fields is a lot, but uh, I think we have some nice depth over there to give us some size, give us, give us some physicality. And then we still have, uh, you know, still have the skill that, that Thomas can bring as well. It's been interesting to see the evolution of Dane Smith because when he had the record-breaking season the first time, it was shot, 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 right? It was, he was scoring from everywhere. To this player now who, honestly, even in the field league, hardly ever shoots. It's it's assist, assist, assist first. Well, you're drawing a double team every time he touches exactly. the ball now, Evan. Exactly. After a record-breaking season on the assist side, he almost got the points record last year. What becomes a new goal outside of winning a championship, but what becomes a new goal for Dane Smith? Well, first off, you hit the nail on the head, winning, right? Like, and, and yeah. he and I have had this conversation many times. Uh, you can have all the individual records you want, but at the end of the day, they remember the people that win championships. So, um, you know, that's his number one goal. But I, I think a lot of it, Evan, comes down to the fact that those guys all live in Buffalo and they have such a strong camaraderie. Uh, you know, like when I say Macaulay, and Kluch and Josh and Dehoka and Dane, like they all live in Buffalo. So they're all together all the time. They do things together as a group. So, so it basically takes the selfishness completely off the table. So they really don't care who scores, who doesn't score as long as we win. And, you know, last year it really didn't matter because a lot of them were getting a lot of points. So I think they were always happy, but I think that's, that's basically what I think has changed for, for Dane is that, because he gets along so well with the other guys that he plays offense with that he really is selfless in the fact that he doesn't care who produces. And if somebody wants to try and take him away, but Josh scores, he's fine. And I don't want to say he was selfish in the past because that's never really been his, his MO. But I, I really believe if you don't have the relationship that those guys have, then maybe you might say, ah, yeah, that's a pass, but I'm going to take the shot. Well, now it's like, mm, that's not a good shot, but that's a great pass. So I, I think because of the relationship those guys have, I think that's what's so good and why they're so good and why he's so good. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, from talking to Dane and the conversations we had, that's the one thing that's missing. Right? Just like he's got, he's got records. He's got, I, I don't know if he's got the most goals. He's definitely got the most points, you know, Frick, the guy almost had a hundred assists last year, man. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, 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 and I really think, that, that we overlook that, especially I do, because I come from Wayne Gretzky's area where he had almost 100 assists by the All-Star game. But when you think of 100 assists in our league, I, I don't even know if there was 10 or 15 guys that had 100 points last year. Yeah. And, and Dane almost had 100 assists, which is kind of scary. So um, the kid's an amazing lacrosse player, and he's he's always inventing ways to get better. So uh, we're real lucky to have him on our team. All right. I got a couple of Western questions in here. In particular... For the girlfriend here, Chugger, in Sammy LaRue. You got to give me a Sam LaRue update. I want an update on on the Russian Nathaniel Kineznikov. I know he's not actually Russian, but that's what Mouse calls him, the Russian. Uh, so give me an update on Cause LaRue. And then my actual question is your goaltending battle. We know Vino is going to be your your guy. But I I watched this Devlin Shanahan. I didn't really understand or, or realize how good this kid is, Steve, uh, watching him play for the Nanaimo Timberman. And I know Buck had a, a nice little run there with the Lakers, and he's probably got the inside track. But this is a nice problem for you to have two guys that are going to push each other for that number two spot. And when Vino is ready to be done, you're going to have two guys there that are ready to be one and two there in Buffalo. 
Well, that's a lot there. Stuff. That's a lot. That's I a lot mean, there. Yeah, I know. I've had about 10 concussions. So to ask me one question and hope I remember it by the time you're done is a lot. <laughs> to ask me three, we may be jumping. But um, Sammy, I'll start with Sammy. You know, he's a physical specimen and, and he's an unbelievable kid. And the, the only drawback with Sam is because we went so long last year, he missed a lot of his junior season, so he didn't get to play a lot. Yeah. So the Sam we're seeing now is basically the Sam we saw last year because he didn't get to play. But when you couple that with the kid's only 20 years old and, you know, you're six foot four, 220 pounds and you're, you're just a specimen, there's a lot there. Uh, is he ready to step in and play a regular shift? I don't know, but I do know he's going to be real, real good in this league for, for a long time. Um, Kazi, Kazi's had it tough, man. Like we drafted him with the one knee injury. We were jacked to get him last year. And then first scrimmage, he tore his knee up again. So he should, I'm hoping, um, you know, with the brace and everything, he should be ready to go full out this coming weekend. So we're excited to see what he can bring us in, in, um, you know, in, in this, uh, against Saskatchewan in an exhibition game. And, and there's a spot wide open for him over there. No, there's no doubt there's a spot wide open because we really have three guys we're married to. We like to carry four, if not five. So there's a spot there for him to take. Um, and our goalie situation, I'm like you, you know, I, I've always been intrigued by Shani. Um, the, the thing with Shani is I, I don't know just from the time I've been around, I don't know how bad he really wanted it. Mm. You know, like he was playing hockey, then, you know, he was coming to practice and he wasn't talking, you know, maybe a shy kid. He was not asking questions. And, and listen to me, you have the greatest goaltender along with Bobby Watson, you know, my love. Soak that in, Watson. soak that in while uh, you can. Right. You have Vino sitting there and you have Causey sitting there and ask some questions, man, ask some questions, but he wasn't doing that. Uh, I got Jack that he wanted to go play this summer out in Nanaimo because um, he finally stepped up and showed the want to want to go play. Yeah. Uh, and he had a great summer. I watched a lot of his games. Uh, he had a great summer. So I was excited about him. Um, and then Bucky, what can you say about Bucky? Bucky stepped in for Peterborough when they really needed him and got them to the man cup. And, and then, you know, Vino did what Vino does. So um, yeah, we're, we could be more excited. Like obviously, we're going to ride the greatest of all time as long as we can ride them, hopefully for about another five to 10 years. But, um, but uh, it's not impossible. No, it's yeah. not out of the realm for sure. But he, but I'll finish my thought, but the, with the other two guys, yeah, we're, we're real confident in either one of them. Um, we're just, hope, we just hope we're able to keep all, all three of them. Um, but with, you know, Somebody's going to have to accept a practice roster spot. Uh, that's a long story, but yeah, um, yeah we, we, we're real confident with all three of them. But, um, you know, Evan, you just laughed about, about Vino, and it's it's not all the rum. It's, it's not, guys. Like, I hate to say it. What's going <laughs> to stop What's gonna stop Vino if it's, it's Vino? Like, we just or Vino's wife, it. maybe. Or, like, you know. Just... <laughs> yeah, you know, he's got two young children, and they love coming to the games. And, and I think that helps it. That helps draw him. Like, I think if he had a family that didn't enjoy it and didn't want to come, and, and he would miss them. But they enjoy coming. But, like, you know, Eric, Eric's been a phenomenal, um, you know, addition to our staff. And, and he gets – he doesn't get the credit that he deserves for, for what he brings to our team. But he was telling me a story that after Matt um, had had some treatment, he was out walking around his, his neighborhood with a 75 pound uh, vest on doing um, lunges, walking around. Okay. The, the well, that's, that's what we need to do, Steve. That, I mean, now that we know that, that that's out there. And, 
I just laugh. I said, I don't think I've done a lunge in my life. And he's out there with a 75 pound vest on. It's like, Jesus Murphy. But, but the thing that's going to stop Matt Vince will be, will be Matt Vince when he just doesn't want to do it anymore. Cause I don't think father time will catch up before he doesn't want to play. Who are the one or two bandits that you don't think gets the respect they deserve? Uh, Bryce Sweeting will jump off the page to me. Um, he's a guy that, that is just a heart and soul player that gives it everything he's got every night, plays through pain, through a lot of pain, um, is always willing to mix it up with the biggest, baddest guy on the other team, and just does just does the stuff that nobody else wants to do. Um, and another kid is is, and I'm obviously I'm going to stick to the end because that's my end. JT Martin. can. I'm going to say you're going to say Martin, aren't you? Yeah, I was going to say Justin Martin. You know, he's a kid that doesn't do a lot of talking, never gets involved in scrums. Never is chirping to the refs, never is chirping to the other bench. All he does is go out and check the other team's best players and does a great job every week. So those are the two guys. And, yeah, I'm biased because that's my end. But, um, you know, JT's got enough enough people telling him how great he is. I'm going to take some of my guys. <laughs> what, what did he get, by the way? Some like – he wasn't the hot – like he, he got like an order of can. Like what did he get, knighted? Yeah, or he, like went in, he, he went into the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. Okay, but, like, but I, I, I knew that, but he got something else to go along with that, I thought. Was it the Order of Canada? I, yeah. I don't even know, Jumbo, but I, I challenge you this. I want you to go see if, if, and this is not a shot at anybody, so I don't want anybody from the CLA or the OLA to, to come down on me, but I want you to I want to challenge you to see if John Tavares is in the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame or the Ontario Lacrosse Hall of Fame, because he's in the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame for excelling at the game of lacrosse. Wow. I, you just blew my mind right there, man. I don't mm. even I'm going to have to so, look into that. So I, you're, I don't, you're I telling don't, me he's not in the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame? I could be wrong, Jumbo. I could be wrong. But I do not believe he is in the Canadian or the or the Ontario. Seriously. Seriously. But he's in the Hall of Fame of Canada for excelling at the game of lacrosse. <laughs> that is mind-blowing right there. All right. Uh, last one for... For you here, Steve. Uh, we ask every GM this. Uh, give me. I mean, you're you're a couple of weeks into training camp now, but what's the plan for the rest of the training camp here? Scrimmages, Saskatchewan. I think you mentioned where, yeah, and when, and all that. We just, yeah, we just started this past weekend, and um, we had one session on Saturday, and then we played Rochester in an exhibition game yesterday and lost. So it's you know yearly tradition. Rochester beats us the first exhibition game. Um, we did a better job this year. I think last year they beat us 18 to five. This year was only 14, 10. So we're okay. getting better. Good. Um, but then next, next week we practice at, uh, the track in Oakville twice on Saturday. Then we play, um, Evans juggernaut, the boys from Saskatoon on Sunday. And then the following week we practice, uh, again, a couple times in Buffalo. And then we play the Philadelphia wings on Sunday. So, and then we're a week away from getting ready to rock. So, um, we're excited and, and we take it with it ready to go here. Hopefully Dowick's got some pizza at the track for you, uh, waiting and hot and ready and all that. Uh, what about the schedule? How are you liking your schedule this year? I don't like it. I don't like it. Tell uh, me why. You know, you, you know what? Well, for, it's the first time I don't, I don't think we have to play Calgary, which is good because my boy mouse, it's, it's never fun. Um, I don't know. I don't like going to San Diego late in the year because it's, it's a trap because it's, you know, nice weather and, and all that stuff. I don't like going there late in the year. Um, we play Colorado again, which for some reason, Patty Quell's got our number. We always seem to struggle with them. Um, you know, it, I don't know. Like it, it, it'd be nice to say that, that we could, uh, maybe that's a good go thing. Any... Maybe that's a good thing though, Steve, that you don't well, like the schedule. Maybe that'll turn out to be a good thing. 
maybe, and I don't want to go out on a limb here, but I, like the way our league is, and, and listen, I get the fact that, that you want to have a league that you play everybody. I understand. Yeah. I, I'd love it if we could play everybody twice. But, yeah. but when, we, when a lot of our playoffs are decided by tiebreakers and stuff like that, I would prefer to play everybody in our own division if we could, because then the, the tiebreakers are clean. Like I say, don't get me wrong. I'd love to play every team and I'd love to play every team, you know, twice home and away with everybody. It's not feasible. So if it's not feasible, then how do we pick and choose which Western teams we play and which ones we don't play? And, you know, why does Buffalo and Colorado seem to play every year, but Buffalo and Saskatchewan play every five years? You know, it's hard. And, and I, Brian Lemon does a phenomenal job. I was going to say, expect a call from Lemon after that. Yeah, no, Lemon does a phenomenal job. And, and, you know, he does what he can based on, and listen, a lot of this stuff it's is tough. based on it's tough. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think you've lost a regular season game in Sask, though, so you should be – you want him to come here. No, we always we – were, we were always okay in Saskatchewan. It's just we always showed up about 45 minutes late because we usually got down about eight and then had to climb our way back. So – um, but then Jammer always seemed to return the favor in, in Buffalo. We never seemed to beat them in Buffalo. But then, you know, like, it's listen, man. I, I'm I'm torn because I, I'd like to go to every building because I, you know, I'm a nostalgia guy. I'd like to see every building. But then again, I, I'd love to be able to where teams that make the playoffs are in the playoffs and tiebreakers make sense because of the teams that everything's in your own division. So, um, like I say, man, Lemmer's got a tough job. I wish we could do home and away with everybody that's not feasible one day so, one day we'll get there yeah so until that time let's just play in our own division and, and do what the mlb used to do or the western champ plays the eastern champ and away we go all right steve uh always appreciate your time here on lax class best of luck with the bandits say hi to gertsy back there for me and uh we'll be watching the bandits come december thanks for doing this thanks guys always a pleasure there you go, Chugger, Steve Dietrich, D coach and general manager of the Buffalo Bandits. And uh, you could tell, Evan, like it's still sitting in his craw there, not only last year, but they've been knocking on the door for a championship in Buffalo, and I don't think he is going to be satisfied until he's got that cup over his head. They've lost three of the last five actual finals. Yeah. So, and, and they lost the one with 10 seconds to go right they lost the one in overtime it's been a ridiculously close situation it's it's almost like the old boston red sox would, would get so close to winning and then well they finally got know, it done though didn't they right uh coming back down three nothing to the yankees and they eventually did yeah out. it's it but it's it's this thing of well listen we thought they were this powerhouse last year and you know, we're all thinking, okay, whoever comes out of the East is going to steamroll the West, and they ran into a hot Dylan Ward, and it didn't happen. Yeah. Right? So, I just, I just look at this team, and I just think like they're not getting any worse. Like they're only getting better, and they just keep adding and plugging in the right pieces. And sooner or later, it's going to happen in Buffalo, and it could very well be this year. Yeah, because they year. haven't won a championship now, what, 15 years? It's been a while. Honestly, yeah. And, you know, I mean, John Tavares, like, that guy is used to winning championships, yeah. and it's not sitting right with him either. So we'll see how it plays out for the Buffalo Bandits. And uh, we only got one more team to go. Albany Firewolves are the only remaining team to preview. We'll do that next week. But we still got one more quarter to come here on EP 209. Lax Class Locks are next. Keep it right here. Lacrosse Classified. Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging. 
a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Mike Kersey, head coach of the Halifax Thunderbirds. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Fourth quarter action is a go here on Lax Class and Associated Labels and Packaging have been a go since day number one here on the podcast as well. They focus on people, ethics, quality, and of course, family owned right here in my hometown of Coquitlam. Need a label, need a package. Associated Labels and Packaging is the place to go. Associated LP, as in labels and packaging.com is where you go. Check out all, they got a fantastic website. And you would think, oh, labels and packaging, how good could the website be? Trust me on this. Go to associatedlp.com, check out the website, and you're going to mm-hmm. learn all sorts of different things. You got a company that, listen, everything needs a label or a package. Essentially, if you're buying something off a shelf, it's got a label or a package. Associated labels and packaging should be the people putting it on. And it's future thinking because we're talking a lot of biodegradable packaging. Mm-hmm. They got it. They got it all there. Check them out. AssociatedLP.com. Fourth quarter action means it's time for Lax Class Locks. It's locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hereby declare luck of the week. Ooh, it's a big luck, all right. Lax Class Locks brought to you by Cool Bet Canada. Stay cool, bet responsibly, coolbet.com. We're recording on Monday here, Evan. Uh, Monday Night Football just about to kick off. Ravens and Saints. Going Ravens, going under tonight. We'll see if uh, that comes home uh, on on this. Uh, well, we'll check in next week. Just uh, mark my words here. Ravens in the under tonight. But CoolBet.com has got more than just football odds up there as well. And any kind of sport you can imagine. NHL, CFL. How about my BC Lions, by the way? NCAA, U Sports, Baseball. Curling, UFC, Premier Soccer, Formula One, the list goes on. And of course, the National Lacrosse League. By the way, Evan, probably time for you to get to work on setting up who you got. We're just a couple of weeks away here. We don't want to be kind of under the gun. So why don't you get on that? I kind of like the the way you did it last year with the, what did you call it? The, The... the ranking points. Yeah, yeah, but there, there was a different name for it. But I don't care. Well, you're confidence, talking office pool junkies. Confidence pool. Is that what it was called? Yeah, confidence pool, yeah. There you go. So I kind of like that. I think uh, our listeners did as well. Cut down on the tiebreakers and uh, screwed me a couple of times, a couple of weeks, but that's okay. So get on that. Who you got will make a triumphant return. At least I think it will. I got to probably clear that with uh, with Kevin Michael Winkler at Stampede. But I'm sure he's going to be back on board for another year of who you got. But here for Lax Class Locks, courtesy of Cool Bet, don't forget, 
if you're new to the podcast or if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you're hearing us talk about our lax glass locks, but you have not gone to coolbet.com yet, do that. Sign up for an account. It is so easy to do. And then before you make your first time deposit, put in the bonus code LAXCLASS and CoolBet will match you up to $200. They just give you free money. It's ridiculous, but it's true. But with that being said, Evan, not a lot of people have been signing up lately here on CoolBet, which is kind of bothering me a little bit. So I reached out to Pat Gregoire. I said, you know, we got to top up the incentive here a little bit to, to get more people signing up to CoolBet. Which we're we're kicking around some ideas here, but I think maybe like an extra kind of a, a extra free bet when you first sign up, maybe some cool bet swag, which Gregoire actually promised us, Evan. We're still waiting <laughs> for that mail call to show up. Uh, but they got some cool swag, some hoodies, some hats. So we're thinking, you know, in the future here, we might just uh, spice it up a little bit for when you sign up for the first time at Cool Bet. Take a screenshot or something, show us that you've signed up. And uh, maybe Coolbet will kick down a little something extra for you here, courtesy of Lax Class. What do you think? Well, I mean, we, if you haven't signed up yet, there's so many additional nice little odds. If you if you have signed up, make sure you're following them on social media, whether it's Insta or Twitter or whatever. There's all these special odds on all kinds of sports every night, you know. And they there's a lot of things you can do with it besides lacrosse, but. Uh, well, and the other oh, thing is, if you suck at gambling, like I kind of do, you just watch some of the guys that are put, putting out the videos at CoolBet and just take their advice because these are yeah. professional gamblers. Mm-hmm. And usually, you know, you follow the may not win every single time, but these guys, this is what they do for a living. You take their advice and more often than not, your account is going to go upwards instead of downward. Yeah. And uh, it'll be. It, you you would be shocked just how much you could bet on. We're fooling around with it one day. You could bet on like Icelandic basketball or soccer in Tanzania of all places, right? There isn't a whole lot going on in the sports world that they're not dealing with. So, you know, sign up. Uh, the NLL season's just weeks away. You can start getting in on these prop bets uh which we yeah which we're gonna do for the for the parlay we talked about that in quarter number one but we're gonna stick on that theme and go and make this our parlay now because we're a little bit special in a good way uh the folks at cool bet are gonna allow us to do this normally you cannot parlay individual prop bets together but the good folks at cool bet are gonna allow us to do that since tino is not here he misses out but we're going to go with two each here, and man, oh, man, this parlay will not, we won't know if it wins or loses until April. Yeah. But if this thing comes home, Evan, it's going to make all your problems go away. Just let me say <laughs> that right now. Do you want to lay this out? I'll let you do it. All right. Well, here here's my two uh, prop bets that I'm adding to the pool. First off, I said it earlier. The Calgary Roughnecks to make the playoffs is a plus 180. I think the Calgary Roughnecks are still a good enough team, despite losing Curtis Dixon, to make the playoffs in the West. Mm. So a plus 180. So keep in mind, there is no crossover this year. So this is top four in the West. We'll go with that one. And my favorite bet, sorry, Kyle, but... uh, 
Kyle Rubish to go under two and a half goals at minus oh, 159. I don't like it. I don't like that, but uh, it's your pick. <laughs> I'm going to go with two simple ones here, and I mentioned them in, in the first. Adam Charlambidi's going over 13 and a half goals, I think, is just an absolute lax class lock. Like, I think this is a no-brainer. Uh, he's going to get a more prominent role here under Troy Accordingly. Probably see some power play time. A 13 and a half goals, like, yeah, book it for Charlambidi's. And I'm going over 65 and a half points for Connor Robinson, which I think he is going to blow the doors off of as well. So there are my two parlay. And we're, what, looking at like somewhere around like a plus 1,600 for this, Evan, right? Yeah, we'll get the odds from Cool Bet. We'll get them posted this week, but uh, it's going to be huge. Go to coolbet.com, sign up, put in the bonus code LAXCLASS, and then search up Lacrosse Classified in the little search bar there. The parlay will show up. And bet your entire mortgage and your neighbors and your parents. Put it all down this week on Lacrosse Classified Parlay. Now, I was going to ask you before we go, uh, I know you're a big Langley Grounds fan, of course. Oh, yeah. Now, with the Saskatoon Hilltops eliminated, <laughs> are Ram. you liking your chance? I don't know how likely you do no, Rams, with- Rams had a subpar season this year, Evan. They did not even oh, really? make it out of the semifinal. The Okanagan Sun are the BC representatives this year, and uh, they're a good team. You want to put a little side on it? I'll, I'll do, what do you got? Is it, it's, it's a Regina Thunder this okay, year. Okay, well, I'll take Okanagan. You take the Thunder, and we'll work out a workouts for sure okay um by the way tomorrow tuesday and through the rest of the week i'm gonna be calling some hockey out at the langley event center the u17 world hockey challenge uh, czechia sweden finland usa and uh i want to say three canadian teams are participating in this i haven't called hockey since like 2013 and i am some kind of fired up to do this tomorrow at the lec and these are these are the guys that are the the big prospects yeah. coming up in two years. Absolutely. It's on Canada Hockey YouTube page if you want to check that out. 2 o'clock, 7 o'clock Pacific are the game times every single day. And uh, I'll be doing that. And then uh, high school football playoffs are coming up at BC Place over the next couple of weeks. And then uh, we're straight into the NLL season. So it's all starting to happen. Uh, that is going to wrap up EP209. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast Review the podcast, rate the podcast, follow the podcast at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, Lax Class on Twitter. We got a Facebook page as well. You can follow Evan at Shemlax. You can follow me at PXP for Sports. Tino is at Ferratino. And I want to thank Mike Board and Steve Dietrich for coming by the podcast. I want to thank our sponsors, Stampede Tack, Associated Labels and Packaging, Rycor Construction. And Cool Bet Canada, the biggest and the last thank you goes out to you, the loyal listener, for checking out Lacrosse Classified each and every week right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. We'll be back next week and every week after that. But this one is done. Thanks for listening. For Evan Sheminar, I've been Jake Kelly for the fastest game on two feet. And for the crater, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified. <laughs>